0: Hey, I'm Mel.
1: And I'm Andres, and you're listening to Mixtape,
0: your favorite Afro-Latin podcast.
1: What she said. Pa bravo yo, yo que soy mulato oscuro, tengo la mente en mi sitio y estoy bueno. Today we're listening to Pabra Boyo by Justo Betancourt. Justo is an Afro-Cuban singer born in 1940 in Matanzas, Cuba. Among the bands he was part of is the orchestra Borincuba, Cuba, which he created in the 70s. The name Boring Cuba is a combination of two words, Borinquen, the Taino name of La Isla de Puerto Rico, and Cuba. The name of the band captured its combination of Cuban and Puerto Rican musicians. In Pabra Boyo, Justo talks with swagger and pride about his qualities as a highly skilled, Afro-Cuban singer. He starts by saying, Pa bravo yo. Yo que soy mulato oscuro. Tengo la mente en mi sitio y estoy bueno de salud. You want brave? Here I am. A dark-skinned mulatto with a clear mind and a good health. Justo then continues displaying his pride of hearing African blood. He sings, Pa bravo yo. Yo que tengo sentimiento. Tengo sangre de africano y canto con gran virtud. You want brave? Here I am a man with strong feelings, with African blood, who sings with great virtuosity. Pabrao Yo is then a song about black excellence, Gustave Tanquart's black Afro-Cuban excellence. Welcome to our first single, this is Mixtape.
0: In this episode, we are introducing singles. Singles are episodes that might appear out of sequence from what we have originally planned to deliver. They might be centered around a pressing issue or related to a particular topic of interest. In this single, we check in about coping and talk about empathy as it relates to consuming distressing news about police brutality and racism. We also spend some time talking about the late Chadwick Bozeman and his impact on the culture. Hey everyone, this is Mel.
1: And this is Andres.
0: And uh, we are coming to you today doing something a little different than what we have done over the past few episodes.
1: Yeah, so we, um, as probably you all also have done lately, we've been doing some reflecting, not necessarily uh, focused on of how um, the, extent, the extent to which racism uh, keeps showing up and grabbing our attention and our resources and we wanted to take the time uh, take a minute to reflect about that and how it's affecting us as part of the community and as part of just being human beings
0: yeah our, our original plan was to do a reflection video or a podcast mm-hmm. on the the content that we've been providing you all with, the guests that we've been having on the show, and uh, we're still gonna do that. We're just gonna delay that a week, but we wanted to be sensitive to what's happening in our country, uh, in the United States, and uh, kind of just take a minute to step back, reflect like Andres was saying. Um, the, The reality is it's very easy to listen to terrible news about death and harm and violence and racism and um say oh damn right -hmm. and then just keep it moving so um we don't want to subscribe to that kind of response
1: that's great that you're saying that because i feel like this time what what happened with with jacob is why
0: don't you I think we can assume that most people know what happened, but...
1: Yeah, 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 of course, kind of... of course, of uh, course. We, what, what we're referring to is to the what I'm going to call the attempted execution of uh, Jacob Blake, um, who was shot seven times in the back, in front of his kids who were in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, By a
0: police officer. By
1: a police that's officer, yes. Um, so that's what we're referring to, and that's what... Uh, it's bringing us to this uh, sort of pause that we're doing uh, relative to what we had planned in in the podcast, and uh, and I don't know from my point of view this is uh, in the same level of gravity that um, or I, I would put it in the same level of gravity where I would put what happened with George Floyd and with uh, Breonna Taylor as well, and, mm-hmm. and you know countless many more. Uh, black folks. Um, but I do think um, that w- for for this one, in particular, uh, for this event, we've been doing a little bit of the, let's try to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's been my impression, maybe this is just me. Um, because I think we're, and we've been numb before, it's not, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I think we're getting numb again mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's sort of this defense mechanism that people who suffer have uh, developed. It's your way to deal with the immense pain that comes with these um, events. Um, you have to somehow still keep living. Right. Um, and keep operating, right? yeah. you have to provide for your family, you have to still be part of a community um, and that kind of thing. And, and one way, a uh, human way to do that is to get numb. I think I have experienced that from as, as a Colombian. Um, we, we've had a pass of massacre after massacre after massacre after massacre. To, nowadays, we have an uptake in massacres. Mm-hmm. Uh, of you post social, about that yeah, social, on our
0: on our Instagram page yeah, often. Of,
1: of, of social leaders, by which I mean uh, indigenous leaders, Afro-descendant leaders, have been uh, killed more often in the last years. Um, and you and and that's is what I was coming from when I said you just kind of get numb to it. Yeah. Which makes you feel guilty because you're like, I wish. I wish I didn't feel this numbness to the terrible event over the terrible whatever terrible event, and I feel like, as a society in the U.S., um, there's a little bit of numbness that it's sort of been developed uh, during the last months in reaction to
0: well, over the past years, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's like something something happens, and then people feel not people grieve, and then something else happens, and if there's a lot of different there's some... emotions that that people experience, and we'll we'll talk about that more We're, today. We'll talk about coping, mm-hmm. um, lack of coping mechanisms, and coping mechanisms mm-hmm. because I think we we tend to have both. Um, and just to say really quickly, you know this this relates to the podcast because the the original reason that we wanted to do this podcast was because we were talking about what happened with George Floyd and Andres mm-hmm. and I started talking or having so many conversations about racism as it, as it exists in a lot of different places yeah. because we spend so much time in the dance community. We were like, let's investigate this. Or, let's let's mm-hmm. talk this out a little more. And that's how we got to, to mixtape in the content that we're bringing you uh, related to dance but the, the true foundation of developing this podcast is because of the police brutality that exists in the united states and i mean in many other places around the world but specifically to uh black people yeah um and so that's why it's important to pause and and have this conversation today
1: yeah and um i would add to that um. Or on top of that, I would add that um, this is this is sometimes we think of the community of the dance community as, um, you know, we, we all meet in the social and, and there's nice people that are nice to you for the most part, you're excited to go. But as you were saying, dancing and, and honestly, as some of uh, or if not all of our guests have said um dancing is is nothing but a microcosm Mm -hmm. of the rest of our lives Mm -hmm. and um some of us have the privilege to not think about things that are happening in particular uh the latest one uh that has to do with jacob um but some of us don't for some of us that's very close to home and it feels heavy Mm -hmm. and um you know, this of course now we're in, in in the middle of this pandemic, so we're not even meeting for socials, but things like this have happened before. And I assure you that the black people that you saw in the socials around what happened in Ferguson, um, and around other events or some of the other multiple events that have happened were dealing with those kinds of issues in their heads. As they were in the socials, Mm. so this is just another part of their lives that they don't get to dissociate from, uh, and that energy is brought into. Also, it's it's and and again, the the music itself that is played in these spaces carries that weight and and that pain, also the love and and the strength, but also carries that that weight.
0: Yeah. So what I hope for, uh, what comes out of this conversation is that we can share some of, like I said, our, our coping mechanisms and um, just how we're responding to this. And also for, like you said, those people who don't, who have the privilege to not have to enter into this grief because-
1: mm-hmm. That's it, very important, Yeah,
0: it, it, Because if they're outside of it, uh, because they're, they may not be black or may not care that someone has gotten shot. Seven times in the back, in front of their children.
1: That's very important. Let me project you to to ask you something um, because you said that and I think that's super relevant as to what does it it mean to be a human being Mm -hmm. in this context? Like, are you, does it mean that you get to say, oh, I'm your ally, like, I'm sorry this happened to you? Or Mm -hmm. should you be grieving as well?
0: For me, I think... Something like this warrants grief. Um, Anyone, anyone, anyone who watched that video, and I'll be honest, I waited maybe two days before watching that video. Um, Like just watching those things is really hard for me. Um, Anyone who'd watched it, anyone who had heard about what happened, I think should be sad. that's a sad thing to have happened. That's an awful, horrific thing to have happened. And I don't think it requires you being black. And I don't think it requires you being male. I don't think it requires you being a parent to, to be able to be sad about that happening.
1: Exactly, and I think what, the reason why I think what you're saying is very, very important, um, besides the point of you know moral philosophy and why seeing another fellow human being being murdered, um, for no reason, uh, should guarantee... Or paralyzed in this case. So, you know, he's paralyzed should, should now. Wearing your grief. Um, it's because it's a concept of empathy that you can translate to so many other in, it, injustices that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we are unable to practice that kind of human empathy in an event like this in which somebody gets shot seven times in the back and gets paralyzed in front of their kids I'm not sure when it is that we're going to practice that empathy mm-hmm. like what are we waiting for for our empathetic capital to be spent on
0: yeah I think empathy is a difficult skill to develop um And so it's different than sympathy, right? Sympathy is like, I feel bad for you. Mm -hmm. And empathy is, I feel bad with you, right? Um, And I think people are familiar, very familiar with sympathy um, because they're they're not entering into the grief and entering into the pain or the struggle of the context. Um, You know, you hurt yourself, dang.
1: That yes. sucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's back, sympathy, yeah. right?
0: Empathies, I'm and so, you, I'm then so, then you so sorry. Keep,
1: you know, eating your... Yeah, or whatever.
0: yeah, sympathy or empathies. I'm really sorry that happened to you. That that must have felt terrible, mm-hmm. right? And people don't... People haven't developed that language or that practice. And when... This is especially true when you, when you're not in that same space as the people who are being harmed. Exactly. So I'll say... it it probably requires, and I I don't know if it does because I'm I'm not white, Um, it it probably requires a lot more, it it requires a lot of conscious effort for someone who is white to enter into that space empathetically because the language might not have been developed for the context. And
1: traditionally,
0: they've, they've been trained.
1: But it's selective empathy. It's human being after human being after human being after human being for a very specific race that can be murdered in this country. It's
0: a historical thing though, right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I mentioned this in one of the podcasts. I think I did that. I've been listening to stamp from the beginning on audiobook. In this book, he goes over so much racism for hundreds of years and for people who are white and who operate with privilege there's a lot of undoing that needs to happen psychologically to be able to enter into this space to be empathetic for people of color that's not my problem (laughs) that's something that white people need to figure out on their own and And that's not an excuse also i like that that's not an excuse
1: and that is if you can say something about this and that is uh related to this uh who said? One of our guests said this about, uh, I think it was Sherida, uh, about we don't need allies. Mm-mm. We need you to be doing your job that you have to do to get out of this sort of isolation of empathy that you have, this island of empathy that only goes for people of your race, in this mm-hmm. case. And it, for some reason, it prevents you from being empathetic with another fellow human being that just happens to be of a very different color. Um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And um, to compliment that, I, that, this reminds me of a conversation that I was having with a friend um, when, when, um, when George Floyd uh, was murdered. Um, I was trying to explain to, to her, how do, you, how do you approach this work of feeling empathy at the baseline level <laughs> that I think needs to be developed uh, because they were like, yeah, you know, it's pretty bad, but, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. Like, and, and I was like, no, that's... And I'm not asking you to be sad for the sake of being sad. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not the point. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, if you really want to understand the extent to which this affects people of color, black people specifically in this country, what you need to do is regardless of your race, regardless of how much money you have, regardless of your religion, Think of your father, think of your brother down under this officer's knee being murdered for eight minutes in front of everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like really, like really picture that in your head and think, try to simulate what would you feel and what, how you feel after that. Um And if that doesn't take you closer to that baseline level of empathy, I don't know what's going to do it for you.
0: Yeah. And something, and we were talking about this yesterday, something that constantly comes up, right, is that people can't even enter into that space because now they want to develop a narrative about who the victim was. The victim in this context being Jacob Blake Mm -hmm. or George Floyd people want to develop a narrative of how bad this person was to have deserved death to have Mm -hmm. deserved pain and that that bothers me so much it it, and it bothers me because and i tweeted about this and I, i posted this and who knows maybe i'll post it again it it bothers me because it's like a selective contextualization Mm -hmm. of events. So when, um, when this happens, you know, people dig up their entire history, who they were, who their mother was, who their father was, um, what they've done. And does that, does him being shot, do we have to see him as having been a saint? No. Um, Is it terrible that maybe he was involved in some things? Of course it's terrible. Does that warrant violence and death doesn't warrant no execution. it doesn't warrant execution it doesn't and so like people contextualize these situations but they don't contextualize poverty and they don't contextualize a wealth gap yeah and they don't contextualize education gap
1: no and the, and on top of that they are so happy to uh, brag about the you know the the loss and and we are country of law and order but if there's an exec- an illegal execution, mm-hmm. I was like, oh well, you know. What I, law
0: is that? Yeah, what yeah, order you know, is he that? He was dealing
1: cigarettes, And I was like, okay, we're gonna start killing people because they're dealing cigarettes. Uh, you know, how are we gonna deal with the people having stealing land from the indigenous people, mm-hmm. like with this big company? So how are we gonna deal with the corrupt people, like those, those? You know, right. that's that's a whole more damage right. than selling a couple of cigarettes in the streets of New York, like. We need to put things into, and, and, and by we need to, it's not us, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not what we're, and, and I'm not- We just share. can't have
0: co- selective contextualization. We, we can't have that. And what's missing from the context in the story that people try to develop about these people who are, are being harmed or who have been harmed or killed is racism. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's it feels like a very obvious part of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah and I think something that's key in what you said is the word selective. Mm-hmm. Because this is not, for a lot of people, and this is my view, for a lot of people, um, this is not, you know, we just happen to not get it. It's not that. You're choosing when to apply the Abilities of empathy that we all human beings for the most part have, unless mm-hmm. we're a sociopath or something. Mm-hmm. But most of us are not sociopaths. So we choose very specifically who do we want to use that empathy with. And there's a huge gradient of race that goes through that selection, as you would mention, and it clearly has to do with racism. Yeah.
0: And it also requires a significant level of selflessness. Yeah. So to enter into grief with someone or to enter into someone else's pain and suffering, it requires you to give some of yourself into that. Yep. And if if you're talking to someone who doesn't feel affected by it and requesting that they enter into this space from you, that's, that's taking some of themselves. And the selfish thing to do is to say, well, I'm not gonna offer that because it doesn't matter to me. I don't feel like, exerting that energy yeah to enter into that space and it's a selfish act yeah and and obviously
1: it's it's uh it's understandable that empathy cannot work at infinitum by which i mean you cannot be empathetic with every single human being that exists in this planet unless you're
0: me (laughs) i mean yeah
1: (laughs) but like uh to be honest with ourselves like there's a whole of terrible things that are happening right mm-hmm. now and we all know about it. like i know about the terrible things that are happening in colombia am i am i doing as many things as i could be doing no i'm, I'm still trying to live my life mm-hmm. and and i understand that we all are trying to live our lives to a certain degree of joy while we also some of us at least try to make some change or help make some change i think we need to do better in terms of Posing ourselves more to what you were saying, basically being selfless and and, and entering these spaces and be willing to donate some of that emotional energy that we mm, have. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it, it, it's hard. You're, you're right. You can't. I think you can't be empathetic about everything. Or maybe you just you can't. Um, I don't think
1: it's, it's very hard. difficult. Yeah. Very
0: very difficult to be empathetic about everything and have some ounce of happiness because yeah. it requires no, such crazy. a bandwidth mm-hmm. you have to have a large bandwidth you to be able have to
1: enough to, emotional energy no. to worry about the things that happen in africa and latin america no. and Asia, and or even even time to yeah. think about these things yeah. and, and like what am i going to do with everything that's place. in
0: addition to the things that are happening in your personal life <laughs> right. you so, know so we
1: understand yeah. so it's, it's clear that 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 this requires an investment of time and, and emotional energy but in the specific case of the US where it's sewing your face and it goes through the or it, 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 it ends up showing up in the, in the distribution of wealth in in uh, black women uh, dying at higher rates at, at uh, by giving birth and, mm-hmm. and all of these things they're so um, much of a part of the same sort of systemic racism problem that at some point, it cannot only be black people trying to fix things for themselves.
0: Yeah. And and, you know, there's, I don't know, was it the World Health Organization? Someone um, has, or the CDC, I don't remember, Mm -hmm. but has identified racism as a public health issue. And it, it really is because when we're talking about the people who end up taking on the emotional toll, of everything that's happened it's, yes. it's significantly black indigenous people of color mm-hmm. and so if white people are functioning in a world where they're not um, impacted by this emotionally financially whatever it may yeah. be they're not taking on this additional stressor that really impacts your 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 mental health
1: i mean that actually leads us to uh... Continue with what we're going to do today, which is I'm going to go ahead and ask you, how are you coping with this?
0: Oh, man, I wish I would have prepared better for this question. And I mean, I I have been thinking about it since we thought about this. Uh, I don't think I've been coping optimally.
1: What do you mean by optimally?
0: So um, I'll I'll start by saying that racism is emotionally draining, very emotionally draining. And when you care about people and the impacts of racism, and think about it, I mean, every day for people who are following me on Instagram, I post every morning. What are you doing to uh, What are you doing today to function from an anti-racist? It's a reminder
1: for you for people. It's a
0: reminder for me. It's a reminder for me. And and people have asked Mm -hmm. uh, or people have said thank you for posting this every day, and my response is always "I, I. I post it because it's a reminder for me. So that I um,
1: don't forget.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's very easy to forget. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's it's. I kid you not. It's the first thing I think of in the morning, and I post it.
1: But it's a it's a it's a voluntary investment that you're doing. Yeah, because you consider that to be important, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, to be something that, as, again, as humans, we're like very quickly try to move on from these traumatic things mm-hmm. that you're, and you're saying, or this is how I interpret when, yeah. when I see your, your post. And, and
0: people have asked me, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'll say, I'm, I'm reading
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the podcast. Yeah. I am, um, you know, whether it's spending money mm-hmm. or being more conscious of the way that I'm spending money, but the, the, the people I support those yeah. kinds of things. Um, so I, when these things happen, uh, what I tend to do is kind of i don 't want to say shut down I turn off the news
1: i see it's
0: it's either it 's two extremes I either turn off the or news go all in and or i'm obsessed Google by the all. news yes so it's it 's one or the other, and then um just to put some things into context there was this thing called strengths finder that I took in college it 's an assessment of your strengths. There's like, I don't know, 52 different types of strengths you can have, maybe 30 something. I might be exaggerating, but there's these list of strengths that you can have. And when I took the test, my number one strength was empathy. In college, I thought that was whack. I was like, (laughs) what kind of a strength is empathy? This was before I became a social worker, before I wasn't even, even interested in social work. But I was like, what kind of strength is empathy? This is whack. And my mentor was just like, that's beautiful strength to have I was like it's beautiful but it's not strong <laughs> like you know so this has been this has been in me and it's it's developed into social work and therapy and all mm-hmm. of those things um but so I feel the weight of things uh, very uh hard emotionally um I feel really hard with many things but specifically when things like this happen mm-hmm. so Um, Some of the things that are successful for me in coping that I haven't done the best job of doing is being outside, whether it's going for a walk, um, being with family usually helps.
1: So I'm going to ask you a related question, but it's actually before, before coping. What are you doing the first half an hour after you learn this news about Jacob?
0: After I heard about, after I learned about Jacob.
1: Yeah. Like what what goes through your life in those half an hour?
0: After I watch the video?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Because there was two days where I decided not to wow. watch the video. I th- and I think subconsciously that's a part part of me wants to distance myself from what's happened because I know it's gonna take a lot. Yeah. From so you're me. like,
1: let me wait until I'm ready for yes. what I know is yes. gonna happen. Yes. And that's
0: a privilege because people are are not not all people can be put in a position where they or can like, wait two days couldn't wait, right, right exactly mm-hmm. and, and that's that's a privilege that I, I recognize that i had in that moment um but afterwards i don't go on reading more about the details um i might be silent for a little while and think and think and think and what gets me riled up <laughs> is when i go on facebook and read essays about why someone deserved to be harmed so it starts with this sadness and this heaviness and then it develops into anger i see and frustration
1: i see so first sadness and then Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. mine is the opposite Mm. mine is my immediate reaction is anger um and this may have to do with your ability to feel empathy um my i see this and i feel anger like deep anger um and this is not i mean again my columbia past it's been the same feeling since i remember it's you just see the injustice and i my i feel like in my face like it's just so Mm -hmm. much rage Mm um that what I I mean I have to remove myself from saying anything in social media because i you know I would say thanks that mm-hmm. I would probably not uh want in my uh in my uh public image as a as a professor of economics <laughs> at USC. But um yeah it's a lot of rage. It probably lasts more than half an hour, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so my first half an hour is pretty much just rage. Um and and it's this balancing between between the why and the I can't believe that mm-hmm. we're that this is still happening and the rage of what am I doing? Is, am is I doing the, enough?
0: Is the shock factor still there? Do you think the
1: shock? Yeah, I'll explain.
0: Um, you like you just said sometimes you're thinking I can't believe this is happening again. Is it like a frustration i can't believe this is happening or it's just like oh this is still happening
1: it's frustration and it's 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 a little bit like you know this numbness that i was talking about before it's like in that it's like the numbness lasts until the event happens so as soon as the event happens it's like the numbness goes away so i'm just as enraged Mm -hmm. as i was Mm -hmm. the last time Mm um and i and i feel Oh this is what what I really feel. I feel uh powerless mm. like I wish you know again, I'm an atheist, but that's one moment in which I was like if there was if if there's a God mm. can you please intervene and do something, fix this injustice just it's too much to carry it's mm. too much to mm. grieve it's too much to to see it as a human being happen. That's just, and this is what we were talking about at the beginning. You're, you're a human and you see this happen. And how can you continue with your day? I don't, I do, I do not understand that.
0: Speaking of how do you continue with your day? Um, we're not the only ones working. We're not the only ones taking online dance classes. Yeah, yeah. We're not the only one, you know, there are things that are happening in our everyday life. How do you, how does this impact the way that you spend the rest of your day
1: oh, or weeks <laughs> or months so the rest of the day is a mess i'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie the rest of the day is a mess i um i've unfortunately already checked out uh from a lot of interactions with people at the economics department at UNC for reasons that we haven't talked here but at some point maybe we'll share they have to do with racism as well um I checked out even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just so interactions with people that I don't consider as feeling the empathy become very difficult for mm-hmm. me almost to the point that I'm like, how can you continue without agno- at least acknowledging mm-hmm.
0: is, is what's that happening? would you say that's new for you a new feeling and, and I say this because um. With all the other acts that had been televised of police brutality, murder, violence, in my educational uh, spaces, those had not in the past really been brought up Mm -hmm. in those contexts. Here, I think because institutions, schools, are developing more of an uh, awareness of how racism and these, these acts of police brutality impact students. And universities are beginning to take a stance on, on where they are mm-hmm. um, in regards to their position on, on the matter. Uh, it's become part of regular emails, right, yeah. uh, uh, at least with, with UNC. Um, all that to say there are some people who professionals professors who reach out to the black students in my program and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I heard about what happened and I'm, I'm sorry this happened. And you are wonderful. You're marvelous. I'm sorry that this is something that you have to deal with emotionally. I'm here. And then there are others who, it's like it didn't happen and and meetings can be run as normally as they would have if someone had not been shot seven times yeah in
1: the I mean I'm thinking about the, I mean not that I've received any emails like that in a timely manner from at least from the agent department but now I'm thinking what are they going to do now they're going to send another email saying mm-hmm. I'm sorry but mm-hmm. this happened mm-hmm. I, I know this is awful just what is this two months after what just happened and
0: what how do you what tools do you have or have you developed to cope successfully what what successful tool have you developed if any uh,
1: successful that's, that's <laughs> a good question i don't think i've developed anything that's successful for coping i have what i do right for coping which is i put it in a box and then i throw it to the back of my heart mm. and then it stays there, and I pretend it never happened. Um, now, I pretend it never happened from the point of view of emotions. Um, I do not pretend it never happened from the point of view of action. So I, right. I, I go out and, you know, we're doing the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, I invest in, in, I put money uh, in black and brown businesses. I donate. Um, but for me, emotionally, since I think I have something similar to you, I feel these things very deeply. mm mm-hmm if I was to feel this way every day for weeks at a time, that would drain me down, which is what happened with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, I had co-authors of me saying, Hey, you know, are you depressed? Or what's going on with you? Um, you've not been the same for weeks. Like mm-hmm. what, what it is that's going on with you. Um, so that's one time in which I think what George Floyd was, was one instance in which I, I couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my that's my way. I mean, I don't I don't know, I don't think it's successful at all. Um, no, yeah. But that's and and that has to do with my childhood and how you know how that developed. But that's my tool is just yeah. box it and try to contain the damage emotionally. Yeah. And
0: there, uh, I I did see a article. I think it was a TED article, and it was taught. It was specific to depression, but I think this can be useful. For any kind of like emotional experience that people have to a stressor um, or traumatic event like this. Right. Um, so the, the TED article was how to, if you know, these emotions are going to come up specifically related to depression, how do you put things in place to address it when it comes? Yeah. So it, it and I could post it on the Facebook page, I think it could be useful it doesn't come from a anti-racist perspective. (laughs) It comes from a a strictly um, depression Mm -hmm. uh, perspective. But I think some of the things that were put into the article um, could be useful for people. honestly,
1: as you were saying before, um, you know, racism creates so many other issues and and weights on the back of of black people in the US and, and around the world. And one of those, you know, some, a lot of them have to do with resources that so you don't have the mm-hmm. access, or you have the education, or, or you can get into these places or those places. Or guess what? The wealth was built 300 years ago when when our ancestors were slaves and.
0: When our ancestors were property.
1: Yeah. So. Not
0: even able to access any yes, of that wealth. And at or all. They
1: couldn't even vote, couldn't even have a business because it would be burned like in Tulsa. So to have people nowadays have that idea of, you know, uh, Latinos or, or or indigenous people or um, black people you know they're just lazy because they don't have wealth it's you know that's on them that's BS it's right it's not
0: contextualized right all <laughs> the all. wealth that
1: you have would be nothing without the people that you kill mm-hmm. and work to death mm-hmm. so that you could build wealth that wealth is literally the ancestors of a lot of people made into money that's what that is um So uh, I I even lost track of what it is that we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's right. That's right. But Uh no. um, Yeah, I I think we need to spend a little more time, each of us and probably everyone and anyone who is listening and anyone who doesn't listen. Generally, I think we all need to um, be able to identify when that kind of heavy emotion is beginning to come on over us and
1: how, to, and
0: how to, and I don't want to say kind of cope so that you don't have to feel the weight of it. I think yeah. it's perfectly fine to feel the weight of grief.
1: I think and that's very, however
0: um, it can't put us in a position where we are immovable and unable to take
1: yeah. action. Yeah.
0: And that takes so much awareness and practice and we're gonna get it wrong all the time. But as long as we're working towards understanding those those triggers of, of I'm starting to feel hot. <laughs> I'm yeah. starting to feel heavy. I'm starting to feel really down. When you identify those things and can um, name it and also um, use something to kind of help you re-regulate yourself yeah. to, to look at the issue with kind of a level mind,
1: and and um, for people not grieving, um, and I would say for people that are not people of color not grieving, um, where you do you even know what happened? Mm. Why are you not grieving? This is a human being, uh, and this is all the question that I have. Like, like, what's? Is there anything wrong with you? Uh, Having you seen what happened? Um, because because this takes us back into that idea of um, uh, you know those messages of you know you have to be try to be empathetic with your black and brown workers or classmates or coworkers because they're you know they're going through this very hard thing that just happened that is you know the product of racism which happens every day, but you know be friendly to them, no, don't be friendly, do your mm-hmm. job, be active what are what are you? Th- your the thing that you post what are you doing today yeah. to combat those structures of racism in society? Mm-hmm. are you doing anything at all or mm-hmm. are you just being friendly to your yeah. co-worker because they're they're grieving um
0: and and that's what you bring up like i think what people don't want is pity
1: yeah
0: and i say this all the time and, and um i struggle with with pity mm-hmm. I, I don't want pity i, I don't think people want you to feel badly for them Mm -hmm. people want you to feel badly with them um pity is useless
1: it is it's useless if 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 anything I think pity is just a tool for the people that feel the pity to feel better about themselves like I'm I'm doing Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. I'm feeling pity for you so Mm -hmm. now I can feel good like I was feeling a little bad but now that I feel (laughs) pity for you I feel better
0: yeah yeah
1: and they it's, don't actually do anything
0: yeah it, it's um a way to rid themselves yeah. of of the task yeah. of, of
1: feeling, feeling, with, exactly, you feeling exactly with you feeling with you yeah it's like oh it's useless washing your hands uh that's yeah. how it feels yeah. to me keep um, your pity which okay. brings me to um let's bring this back to or try to link it back to the podcast um and we have to make a mental experiment here with y'all listeners and with you, Mel, because of course we can't go dancing, um,
0: yeah,
1: out into socials. But it's it's worth asking ourselves, um, ask people of color, black people, and even white people, when when something terrible happens like this again, it's it's, it's it has nothing to do with race. A human being got almost murdered for nothing mm-hmm. uh, with seven shots in the back in front of their kids. This should. You should feel some grief. I'm gonna go ahead and use the should word there. Um, what it is that we bring to the dance floor. Um, and by what I mean is we have all these complex lives uh, outside of dance floor. And then we meet in this friendly place and there's some nice music playing. Of course, if you, if you speak Spanish and understand the songs, you will quickly realize that maybe it's not as happy as you thought. Um, so or even maybe, a
0: matter of paying attention. Yeah. Right, Because the music is so rich. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you do pay attention to the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, so what it is that we are bringing to these spaces? What What do you bring, Mel, when you when when you used to go out? When I
0: used to go Why out. what would you
1: bring this nowadays? Um,
0: man, nowadays, I know typically if I was feeling down about something unrelated mm-hmm. to um, what's happening in the world, yeah. uh, I would use dance to forget about what was happening. Um, kind of as a getaway. As a getaway, as a getaway. As a getaway um, I think, and I think in part because of this podcast yeah. and what we're doing, I have a heightened awareness of, um, my use of dance, mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of it not being, uh, used as this, um, uh, Escapism, yeah.
1: Um,
0: but also used, and I was talking to my dad. Shout out to my dad, yeah, who listens to the podcast. But and he, give
1: us feedback. And
0: gives us feedback. Um, I, I was talking to him with him yesterday, and um, you know, there's there's this added level of respect to the dance um, after listening to everyone, and we'll reflect more on that yeah. next week. But um, I, I think now when we're able to come back into the space to social dance, there's definitely added respect. Um, what's happening in the world cannot be minimized
1: yeah.
0: with dance, it can't.
1: For yeah. me, for no, it, it, yeah, it can't, right, not yeah. anymore. And at the same time, I think two things- uh, Personally,
0: sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to minimize what's going on in my life and I, I need think, to just
1: I think dance. It's, dance it's, for me, it's two things. Um, it's at the same time, that that element can no longer be ignored from, which you know exists in in Salsa as, as one of the ingredients of the music itself, this idea of dealing with racism and dealing with oppression and all, all of that in the, in the songs and some of them that are in the playlist that we put together. But also a statement of rebellion in terms of, yes, there, a lot of horrible things are happening and we're trying to do our best to combat them and we're asking for people that are not as affected and have privilege to also do uh their job um a statement of rebellion in terms of we also get to feel joy Mm. so we come to the socials yes it's heavy and the music itself is heavy sometimes uh, for those who uh, pay attention to it or can understand it Um, but at the same time, if you listen to the songs, the song, the reason why people sometimes confuse them is because they sound happy because that was, that's in purpose. Somebody writes a song because their brother dies from a drug addiction and they want to process that sadness, but then at the end of the day, they want to come out Mm
0: -hmm. strong. And and, music is its own form of coping.
1: Exactly. Um, so so we uh yes we want to keep that awareness uh, and part of the the idea of the podcast is because we want to build that awareness into the the community but we also want to make that statement of they don't get to steal our joy Mm -hmm. yes this is terrible and they produce a lot of sadness uh, and anger but they don't get to steal our joy Yeah, we still have our music and we're still gonna enjoy it we're gonna do the work that has to be done and that we can't do but the joy we get to keep mm-hmm. i think that's that's one thing they haven't been able to steal from us
0: yeah i think that's an excellent way to end that part of our, our podcast we'll, yeah. we wanted to touch on for maybe five minutes if if you all would listen for yeah. another few minutes is um we also want to be sensitive to uh other things are happening uh, in Black culture. And like uh, that bad is. Bad news and bad
1: news and bad news, yeah, news. It's, it's, yeah.
0: All I've seen on Facebook is just like, oh God, 2020 is just the yeah, worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the one thing is the passing of Chadwick Boseman, who yep. is uh, our king, T'Challa, yeah. our Black Panther. Our Wakanda um, forever. Yeah. Um, and what that means, and we won't spend a long time on that, but we wanted to recognize his work um, and his impact. Yeah. And um, just chat a little bit about what he represents.
1: The idea of having a powerful, black, successful male figure representing uh, the culture at, at the level that he did in not only in the US, but internationally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, usually, and I can speak to that as a, as a Person that is not from the US, you know, you usually see the superhero uh, being some white dude flying, or like, you're like, ah, that's.
0: Superman, you know, aka yeah. <laughs> okay, Superman. So, yeah, that's
1: some not no sending cases. Like, okay, that's cool. Um, you buy the toys, but they never, it, it doesn't feel as close. Uh, seeing that it's possible um, for there to be, you know, a, a black person, but you can extend that to anybody that is a minority, of mm-hmm. course, immediately sympathizes because like, OK, we can have uh, an, a representation of somebody that's successful from our communities mm-hmm. and, and which is not broadcasted for uh, to the extent that you don't even think that is it's possible.
0: Um, no, so, black black people tend to have the sidekick roles or comic relief. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a show and and for him to be able to not only play this role we were talking about well the writer plays the yeah. writes the film right but he he stepped into the role specifically for for Black Panther and, and many of the other films that he's he's starring which uh, I've really enjoyed but he stepped into the role and and honored it and executed it responsibly yeah, um and important. with excellence
1: yeah and i think that's what's so striking about his his passing is the way in which he did things because as you're saying yes this role existed um we just lose we just, just lost one of uh one w- one of big lights that mm-hmm. that was doing that job at such a great level and and not, not only in the entertainment way but also in the ways he um, whenever he got a chance to speak his mind outside of these acting roles that he also picked very selectively to to be the ones that sort of were in line with his ideology but whenever he got to speak his words were very often also aligned with with this idea of you know black excellence mm-hmm. and, and and sort of displaying the possibility of it you
0: know. yeah yeah it, it... An added layer of grief in this situation is how he had uh, lived with cancer yeah. for four years and had been taking on all these roles in a sense for us, yeah. <laughs> for us, for Brendan. And I'm sure for him too, and in some way, and what that might have been for him. But in it, it's career. almost like
1: he understood what this juncture in time his very existence mm. was a representation of something larger than mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. um i think he he understood that and tried to make the most out of it
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think what has happened with his passing and i mean like the world is sad the world is is grieving um it's kind of an invitation it's an invitation to uh, behave lovingly yep. all of the time to strive for excellence to the extent that you possibly can yep. um, to do for others and be there for others. And, and he had done that. He had extreme empathy um, in ways that we have not known uh, because you know we obviously didn't know what he was going through but it shouldn't have to take knowing what someone is going through to exercise those behaviors of lovingness and excellence and kindness Um, and it shouldn't be only reserved for people who um, feel worthy to receive that
1: yeah yeah that's uh that's very important because it's it's the uh, links it back to this idea that you know, for for a black individual to be grieved and respected and missed, it has to be that they're exceptional, mm. right? Like you know, Chadwick or maybe uh, Kobe. Mm-hmm. It has to be like something that has somebody that has done so much that of course we're gonna miss them because of what they represent to the culture. But we have to get to the point, and I think this is, and I think Trevor Noah mentioned this the other day in one of his episodes. We want to get to the point in which we respect and appreciate Black people and, and, and Latinx people and queer people of color, and queer people in general, just human beings for the fact that they exist. And we don't have to expect from a certain population that for us to appreciate them and to value their lives, they have to have gone through so much- Hell. Yeah, <laughs> hell and succeed. And succeed, Yeah. A, for us to you know be able to go through hell punks. like okay, now we now we care yes. about transgender women because she made it,
0: right, go go through hell, overcome hell, and not complain about it, yeah, in order to respect somebody,
1: yeah, we need to get to the point in which it's uneventful to be black, it's uneventful to be Latinx. it's yes, of course, it's your culture and to that point it, it is eventful for you, but it it shouldn't be eventful in the sense of you know, this
0: exceptionalism. Like yeah. Yeah. It should be like being as a human. Yeah, if you're yeah.
1: exceptional, because you know, you got, uh, what you got from, from birth or, or you're great or whatever. Yeah, that's great, but it shouldn't take all of this immense amount of luck and success and work and, and community supporting you for, for a black individual, for a minority individual to be appreciated by the society. Right. And, and I think, right. uh, something that, uh, I think, uh, that the coach of the LA Clippers since I've been watching basketball nowadays said is it's 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 amazing how black people continue to love this country and every time the country breaks their hearts mm. by displaying this lack of love towards them and and yet black people continue to love the country and and it's incredible um
0: and and Chadwick Boseman what he embodied is resilience.
1: Yep.
0: Black people are resilient because they have to be. Um, it's not, It, it just because they have to be. It, yes. That is a, a requirement of being black. <laughs> a requirement of being Insert a person of them. color yeah. is resilience. Yeah. Uh, and I think many people don't recognize that.
1: Yeah. And it shouldn't have to be, which is right. my, mm. we shouldn't have to be the ones that are resilient and like strong. And like the, the thing with the strong black women, the same, it, it, that shouldn't be the necessity mm-hmm. uh, because as you're saying, those are traits that it's not like they were, you know, we're all minorities. we born with these traits. No, like you learn to, to be, right. because yeah. oh, there's no way out of it. That's
0: the only way to exactly. survive. We have
1: to get to the point where yeah. we don't have to be born with, or we don't have to be, uh, Taught that we have, we need to be so strong to, you know, succeed, uh, have success regardless of all these terrible things that happened. No, we should be able to, like a white person, have success because, you know, we went to school and that was enough Mm -hmm. and, and maybe we got a job and it was great and we have a family and guess what? This is, you know, we're just not jerks and take care of the environment but that's all that it takes to be a, a nice human being it doesn't have to, it shouldn't have to taste so much. there isn't
0: this added level of survival and situational yes. awareness and resilience and living up to expectations of yeah. people and all of those added stressors that i mean Wouldn't we experience every day and it, it's heavy
1: we should exactly we shouldn't we shouldn't need to be exceptional to be able to yeah. to survive um and I think um Chadwick's legacy it's like both sides of this coin in yeah he is a display of you know they they've been saying for so many years a, a black man a black individual a I minority mean, individual cannot be um a successful person that that anybody would want to be mm-hmm. like I, I see his words and his work and I'm like man I, I wish I was that successful like I wish that was me like there
0: was a an interview where uh they were, they were talking about like you know, even my white kids want to be black panther yes, right exactly. and so it's like it's such a paradigm shift for people that a white kid wants to be a black man yes you know because fact. he that he's powerful like and world. amazing mm-hmm. and you know he's Black um so and that's that should be normal
1: mm-hmm. it, it,
0: it should be normal so and you can and,
1: inspire and be inspired by Another human being that is a display of effort and success, and and just being a nice human being and humanism. Um, so on the one hand, it's like so that's the one side of the coin we chat with, Chadwick. and and the other one is this recognition that it shouldn't take for a minority person, for a black man, black woman, or for a black person to be chat with Boseman. Mm-hmm. To be able to gain respect in this society, yeah, um, yeah. so I think in a way he shows both of those uh, yeah. um, notions.
0: So yeah, that's that's where Andres and I are on this state of uh, racism and police Safe, brutality yeah. and um, grief and sadness. And um, you know, I hope after we drop this episode, we can hear a little bit from folks about some of the ways they successfully cope or or unsuccessfully, or unsuccessfully cope. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, it, the struggle is real. Like it, it's, yeah. it's not easy to, to manage all those things, but we really hope to hear from you all uh, about your opinions and um, thoughts on how you get through the days. If, if you are um, black, indigenous person of color um, and if you are a, a white, individual um functioning in the united states and, and uh through privilege that is not afforded to to mm-hmm. other non-white folks I'd, we'd love to hear too about yeah. how you have um like in my instagram posts used your days to function from an anti-racist paradigm and to uh just the, the process of empathy for you i think is is what i'm really curious about if someone would be willing to share
1: we encourage everyone that listens to this episode to just jump in in the in the conversation and tell us you know this is how i do it this is you know what i've seen other people do um and honestly if you just want to tell your story just tell the story and and because we need the community and to take it back to the the purpose of the podcast we need the community to understand that those of us that cannot afford as you were saying that time out for from society because Mm -hmm. we we carry it around at all times some of us much more than others um need need for you to start listening and paying attention and and exercising some of that empathy that that i think you all have and and we just need to share it yeah um so yeah
0: well thanks for listening and we will hit you back with
1: our analysis
0: an additional reflections uh, podcast, uh, but on the content of the the previous the previous episodes. Yeah,
1: I hope you all um, you know at least can sympathize with with what we had to say today, or or at least it led you to think critically about yeah. this. If um, you're
0: thinking more, I think we've we've done our job.
1: So. Yes. Yeah. so thank you for listening uh yeah interact with us on our platforms instagram facebook you know hit us up on 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 the on the messages tell us how you're coping what you're doing these days with all these things that have been happening
0: yeah peace thanks for listening stay tuned for our reflection track next week this is mixtape